Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. <laughs> it is cocky. Yeah. The homo MC, y'all. Yeah. Are you horny? Because I'm horny. I'm horny as hell, man. It's about that time. Yeah. It's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. At 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. You know what time it is. Y'all know. Time for you to turn down those lights. Turn down those lights. Light some candles. Light some candles. Cause now we're in bed with Doc 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 Doc. Are you alone in the house? <laughs> Yes, it's the Halloween Freak Fest show. Freak Fest. I would help if I could speak. Halloween Freak Fest show. My little tiny freaks. And it's so great. We have the king of death himself, Robert Corpsey Ryan from Girls and Corpses magazine joining us momentarily. So if you're a fan of Corpsey, pick up the phone, call in 646-478-3644. You can talk to the dead guy live. We're also going to be announcing the winner of the Horror Erotica Writing Contest, which was given to me only a couple of hours ago. And we also have some hilarious stories to tell you about the freaky things that are requested of phone sex operators and doms. At, like the, the requ- <laughs> These requests are just absolutely unreal. So get comfy, grab your favorite intoxicating substance, light your pumpkin, turn down the lights, For those of you on the other side of the world, just close your blinds (laughs) and be prepared to have some kick-ass, insane fun. But first, I need to bring in my buddy, Captain Joe. Joey, are you there? I am here, Dr. Sue. Uh Uh-oh, everyone's saying they can't hear me. Can you hear me? Hopefully Uh, everybody can hear me better now. um, They say they can barely hear you, but I can hear you you fine. Barely hear me. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait. I can oh. hear you fine on the phone. They are right. Blog talk's a little quiet. A little low. You're going to have to turn everything up tonight then, guys, because, a little low. you know, we wouldn't want the equipment to actually work properly. <laughs> no, we would not. <laughs> we would definitely would not. That shocking. <laughs> this is absolutely crazy. That's a huge so today's show. a big Let's anniversary see. for you. Well, it's a big anniversary for everybody. Tis, but for you in general. Yes. Today is the uh, one-year anniversary of the Superstorm Sandy. That's right. And Joey went glub-glub and so did his house. But? Oh, yep. Oh, went glub-glub. No, the house is still pretty much um, we're work in progress. It's okay. It's warm. It's a roof over your head and everything functions, Correct. That is correct, although my heater, my boiler did malfunction on Saturday, so. But you have heat now. We, ha- we have heat now. You announced your heat to me today. We do have heat. Heat was restored, um, is which is thing. a very good thing. But, um, you know, it's actually a year after the event. There's still plenty of homes um, that are still completely boarded up and unlivable. Oh, I would imagine there's going to be so. It's going to take years. It's going to take years. There's just no way. It's it's really is a shame. 
and uh, a lot of the programs that they have out there, um, it just by the time you get through, by the time you get through the government red tape, I mean, mm. I'm I'm I've been gone through eight government programs, and each one you have to fill out a lot of the same paperwork uh, in uh, you know triplicate, and um, it's sit and wait. Wonderful. <sighs> Typical government bullshit, right? Yep. We had two people well, die over the weekend. It was not a good weekend for like it, people living. It really it was, was. Which is kind of ironic, considering, well, you know. It is like the dead Halloween. week. It is the dead it's week. It's a dead now. week. We lost Mrs. Krabappel. I'm sorry, but I'm not happy about that. Marsha Wallace, the lovely Marsha Wallace, who, by the way, for those of you who are younger, um, just so that you know, Mrs. Krabappel was also, Marsha Wallace was also on the Newhart Show, Bob Newhart Show, back in the late 70s. So she's been around a long time. She's only 70. She's been dealing with illness. We don't know what it was that finally took her life, but is what it is, right? Not, not much you can do about it. It's just sad, because now they were... Apparently The Simpsons is killing off a character this season. We do, they're not announcing who it is, and they came out and said, no, it is not Mrs. Krabappel, even though we knew she was ill. Most of those shows are in the can for the year, so they don't have to worry about writing her out right away. And they had already kind of pulled back on some of her stuff because she wasn't able to do the audio. So it's a shame... We're going to miss Mrs. Krabappel. We and we are. lost Lou Reed, too. Hello, Velvet Underground. Looking on the wild side now. Mm. So there. You have nothing to say about Mrs. Krabappel? What's wrong with I wanna, I want to know if we can like get her corpse in Girls and Corpses magazine. <gasps> that would be so freaking cool. Are you kidding just wondering. Is it too I soon? Mean, we is there get some sort of Mrs. waiting Krabappel's period? Corpse. Hey, Corpsey uses real corpses. So there. John Doe's, you know. Uh-huh. you got to have the realism. I understand, but like this is like a celebrity corpse. That's true. That would be a good one. But you'd have to let it age a bit. True. That's what I'm thinking. So Beast is going to call into the show. You're going to put him on hold because he can't hear anything. Some people are having issues with hearing. Some people are not. So I I, am, I don't know. I am one of them that through the Internet radio connection, it's coming in softer than it is if you dial in, which is yet another good reason to dial in. Dial in. We'll throw you on hold. You can listen to the show properly. It's the way it should be. Exactly. Da, da, da. And, and then, you know, you can even come in if you want to ask questions. Exactly. So what are you doing for Halloween, Joey? Oh, well, I have to work that day, actually. Well, we all have to work that day. I mean, later. Tell Um, me you're not going to be out there trying to grab women. You know you will. Probably. Talking short, sexy little outfits here. It's it's a sickness, I have to say. (laughs) I'm, I'm hoping for, you know, slutty nurses. Slutty, slutty nurses. Is that, is that your your pick this year? Would be the slutty nurse? 
I know that's a good all-around favorite. It's been my pick for a couple of years. <laughs> so we're sticking with the slutty nurse, okay. I'm saying, especially now that, you know, I have my broken finger, that um, I really need, you know, a slutty nurse to take some sort of pity on me and show me some compassion. I think you need the slutty nurse, yes, to nurse your little paw back to health. I'm thinking, yes. So if there's because any you slutty broke your finger. Joe there, broke his finger playing volleyball. I know, and it's been like a month. Well, you know, it takes a while for your bones to heal. Come on. And that's why I need a very compassionate, yet slutily dressed nurse. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Okay. You know, a physician well, assistant you know. will do as well. Oh, so you're willing to take a PA? I'm saying yes, you know, with the new... As long uh, as they are properly dressed. Well, with the new Obama health care, you've got to take what you get. Well, you know. I mean, we're, you know, so. But, but the, yes, must be in the proper slutty attire. <laughs> I, now, see, I would have thought you'd have been more the schoolgirl type. The you short plaid skirt, the nice little white shirt, just tied under the boobs. Don't knee you think socks, that's getting a little kind of played thing. out? I would think the slutty nurse is played out. Mm, well, yeah, but, but I got a broken hand. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got um, basically, uh, even normal schoolgirls now, you've got the slutty look. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just go to any high school. I mean, you don't really have to look for the slutty look, do you? It's It's really, yeah, it's just kind of played out. It's, it's pretty just, much it, just out there. It really is. Good and then, like, this week... So you're not going to hit the strip clubs, nothing? Well, that's always been the backup plan. So when you go to a strip club, do they dress up? Do the, do the girls dress I mean, different than usual, you know what I mean? Usually they do have some sort of costumage going on. Cool. Um, but, you know, there's no, like, guaranteed costume. Each girl picks her own. Thing. Oh no! I mean, you just they pick whatever they want to wear, but at least they're in costume, right? Yes. Got which it. sometimes is more dressed than they usually are. Which, well, let's not go there. That's kind of counterproductive. <laughs> we we do have two callers, and oh, okay, I believe. Well, no, you've got. Here. I I I see someone who's peeking there, and I think you'll find that the other one may be the beast. So what I'm going to do is we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back with Corpsey. This is Dr. Sue with an important message for each and every one of my listeners. Did you know one in two people will get an STD at some point in their life? And if you're a regular listener of the show, you've heard me tell you some pretty scary stories of what stupidity will bring to you. Gentlemen, get yourself tested. And responsible doms doing real-time sessions should know to always get their subs tested. And now, In Bed with Dr. Sue has teamed up with GetSTDTested.com to bring you completely confidential STD testing. Visit GetSTDTested.com and use coupon code Dr. Sue to save 10% on your test. Use your head, yes, the one on your shoulders, and head to GetSTDTested.com slash Dr. Sue and get your ass tested now. 
That would really help if I would stop muting my mic. I really got to stop doing that. Anyways, we are back, obviously. Da-da. Hopefully you guys can hear us better now. And Probably not. guess what? Probably not. You know what? No, don't just say that. You know That's what? That's not nice. What? For the people with the beverage, we need to choose that drinking word. We do. We should have a drinking. We're going to let Corpsey. We'll let Corpsey pick the drinking word for tonight. Okay. Sound like a plan? I definitely think that's a plan. So, ladies and gerbils, if you are listening in and you are a fan of Corpsey, definitely give us a call six four six four seven eight three six four four. Here he is, Mister Robert Ryan. In the flesh and bone, I have arrived in the flesh and bone. to to disrupt Yay. your whole program and bring you freakishness. <laughs> That's what yes, I'm here for. because we need it. I think we, the secret word should be STD, since I just listened to the commercial. So <laughs> I don't know how many times it's going to come up when we're talking about dead bodies, but you never know. Well, hey, is we STD are going to make sure we say corpses? it. What's that? Is STD that? a problem with corpses? Um, you can catch things from corpses, um, but uh, STD, you know, that's a good question. Maybe we should make that a trivia question. Can you get an STD from a corpse? That's pretty, that's pretty freaky right there. I, I like that. that. Speaking, speaking of freaky, you know, when you first contacted me, I thought it was in, in bed with Dr. Seuss. And I was like, that is <laughs> such a sick show. I... I mean, it's weirder than Girls in Corpses magazine. In bed with Dr. Seuss, I went, what kind of strange program? But um, oh, I guess, is so what classic. is your show about? Sexuality or... We're or and about, we're bringing, we are about shining the light on fetishes so that they're not so icky and scary. You know, actually, it's a very interesting topic. It's very apropos for what I just went through. I just returned from Fetish and Fantasy Ball in Las and you Vegas. got like, I had little spies out there who went over to say hello to you right at the point when the cops were coming. So do tell yes. that story. What the hell happened? Well, um, you know, I heard it's it was our just because it was sitting there. If you well, had this is our fifth year. There, fifth it. year is exhibiting. For people that don't know, Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball. It used to be listed as the top five things to do before you die. Now, if you go, you're just bored to death. But. This year, like last year, I brought a Sibian, and for I'm pretty your audience probably knows what a Sibian is, but Howard Stern had it on his show, and girls sit on it and get a very rapid, very strong orgasm. There are, you can either ride it just as a vibrating saddle kind of thing, or that there's insertables. We don't use insertables, and we didn't last year, because mm-hmm. it's you know in a hotel. But it is, it's a hundred bucks to get in this thing. It's adults only. It's a fetish event, so we put the Sibian out there, and we had Jocelyn James. I don't know if you know Jocelyn, but she was one of Tiger Woods' mistresses, Mm -hmm. the porn star one, and um, she was wearing a nurse outfit, and she got on the machine. I think she was the third person, and I had it up to, you know, about an 80% vibration, and she was really into it and just about to explode when I heard a voice say, get off of the Sibian right now. And I turn around, and there's three, like, cop, you know, I don't know, fun police from the hotel that want to stop people from having orgasms. Because now, you know, orgasms, I guess, is, you know, something you can't do at a fetish event. And I pointed out that there were women being whipped and, and tickled and fetishized in every way, and they're <laughs> going to have orgasms from that. And what's the, well, they, they didn't see the humor, and they told me to unplug it. Well, first they told Jocelyn James to get off the machine. 
But having, okay. but but Jocelyn was really mid orgasm, and she couldn't move. Oh my move. God, are you serious? Right there. Yeah, she was in the middle of an orgasm, and she held up her hand. She goes, "Honey, I can't move. I cannot." <laughs> and she was shaking. Her legs were shivering, and they told her to get off. And we're surrounded by cops, so that was the first warning. And as I said, that was where I first realized that. Maybe, you know, what happens in Vegas now happens in, um, I don't know, in uh, D- Duluth, Ohio or something. It doesn't happen in Las Vegas anymore because they also banned nipple tape. They banned G-strings. They banned nipple tape? Yeah, nipple tape, G-strings, and see-through clothing. So even if a girl had a see-through blouse, they would, uh, I don't, you know, kick you out. A hustler also the had a booth there. I know, hustler was a sponsor. It was crazy. Hustler was a sponsor of this event, and one of the girls was dancing on the pole. She wasn't even getting naked. She was not naked. There was no nudity, but they told her to get down. They thought she was dancing too lewd for a fetish event. So for this is my experience. In Vegas, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Now I also did a party. I was sponsoring an event at the Hustler Club, and if you looked on TMZ today, you'll see photos of Jocelyn James. I did. I saw uh, Jocelyn, and she was there. Pippi Longstocking was there. Yeah, she was getting busy with Pippi, and also, yep. uh, who was the other porn star was there? There were a couple, I had a couple girls in nun outfits that were there. I mean, it was, it was very, uh, very exciting stuff. So, you know, it was, it was an interesting Halloween. But we have other events coming up, which I'll tell you about, but I didn't know if you had any questions for Corpsey. Well, I, I mean, I, have, I always have questions for Corpsey. Tell everybody <laughs> about Girls in Corpses Meg. Well, we are a newsstand magazine. We are uh, on newsstands in U.S. and Canada, and we're also in Germany, translated into German. And our next issue of the magazine is going full international newsstand. So we are pretty much the fastest-growing genre publication out there. And it's really pretty much what it says. It's girls and corpses, the gag being we take beautiful young girls, uh, usually like 18 to 24, and we... Uh, have them model next to decaying, rotting, dead bodies, all men. So um, it's kind of the opposite of horror movies. In horror movies, they're always killing girls. Like if a girl's in a a scene and then she takes her top off, she's going to be killed. We don't kill the women in our magazine. They're alive, they're beautiful, and the corpses are all men. So that's part of what the magazine is. The rest of the magazine is like Maxim meets Dawn of the Dead meets Mad Magazine. It's comedy and horror, it's bands, it's people that work in the death field of forensics and autopsies and cremations and body retrievals. We talk to those people. And we also have celebrities involved in the magazine. Uh, Sid Haig has been on two covers from... Um, I love Sid. Yeah. He's a doll. Oh. He is the nicest serial killer you will ever meet. He is the sweetest. I mean, you can't. Captain Spaulding, I'm sorry. I love Captain There's nothing wrong yeah. with him. Yeah. Well, when we shot him for Girls and Corpses, we made him a uh, captain twice. So first he was <laughs> on a boat, and we had seven beautiful girls uh, modeling with him. And mm-hmm. then the next time he was an um, airplane captain, and both times he was with a Scout Taylor Compton, who was in Hollow- the remakes of Halloween that Rob Zombie did. Right. So we, we are going to do a third. We have to complete the trilogy of uh, Captain Spaulding as a different captain. We won't say what. I'll tell you, it's not Captain Crunch, but it is a captain. No, that would suck. No, don't do Captain Yeah, Crunch. Captain Corpse. 
Um, so, I mean, basically, so you know, the, the magazine has had a lot of really fun people involved. Uh, I mean, we had Gilbert Gottfried on a cover. We killed him and put him under the ice. When, his, <laughs> when he made a joke about the tsunami and his career basically died, we said, well, it's perfect, right. you know. No one else will hire him. <laughs> and then, well, his and, career is dead. We want him. Yeah. Because he's you know, It's very dead, funny, too, because when we shot it, we shot him with two porn stars. One was Allie Hayes, and another was a girl named Sensi Pearl. And Sensi had been in High School Musical, Disney's High School mm-hmm. Musical 1 and 2, and then she became a porn star. So we had both of these girls, and Gilbert was there. And, you know, they're really, you know, casual and relaxed about their bodies. And we were talking about tattoos, and Allie Hayes pulled down her, her pants and just, just, you know, she's exposed, and there's a tattoo, and she's showing it. And she walked away, and Gilbert said, because I hadn't told him, by the way, that these were porn stars. I just said they were right, models. Okay. So he said to me, what are these girls, hawkers? So that's what he said to me. So, you In know, his voice, no doubt. Yeah, he got that hawkers. One. Beautiful. So, uh, so, you know, we had, uh, we just, it, it's a gas, man. We're having so much fun. Now we're into the whole, um, let's say, reality show type uh, model. We had Courtney Stodden who was a 16-year-old girl who was interested in acting when she met acting coach Doug Hutchison, who was an actor who was 52 years old, and he was in The Green Mile uh, and other TV shows and whatnot. So they started having a relationship when she was 15 and he was 51. They married when she was 16 and he was 52. So when she became 18, we were the first people to put her on a cover. We kind of beat out Playboy. And we shot it for the magazine. And, of course, it had to be The Corpse Bride. So we have her in wedding stuff. You know, a wedding, only a wedding veil and high heels. That's all she's wearing. What and then the rest Doug of the time she's... What Because it's, it's almost like an in-your-face. Oh, it's crazy. It's almost an in-your-face to him. I love it. It is. But he was there. I mean, it was so weird. I mean, we went to dinner and discussed this. Her mother was there. And the funny thing is... The mother and the husband, you know, I'm setting up crazy shots with Courtney, and they're going, you know, spread your legs and put it over his head. I'm like, they were coming up with crazier things. Now, that issue went viral with Courtney, and we wound up doing all the, you know, the social, the, you know, Entertainment Tonight and E and Extra. I mean, it just went absolutely crazy in TMZ, of mm-hmm. course. So that led to the cover that's coming out uh, in about a month. Yeah, it's a December cover, right? December cover. It's already been leaked, but it's the wonderful Farah Abraham who went from being teen mom to a TV show called Pregnant at 16 to doing a porn movie called Backdoor Mom. Backdoor Teen Mom. Backdoor Teen Mom. Backdoor, (laughs) excuse me, Backdoor Teen Mom. So in interviewing her and talking to her, I found out she was actually born on a farm in Iowa. So, of course, we had to do... Uh, oh, is that barn... why you did the farm theme? Okay, we had to do I Barn Door it. Mom. So now it's Barn Door Mom, and, uh, you know, it's about farming in America and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's craziness. Uh, so the American the Grave issue. the girls are naked, yeah. right? The girls don't get there's naked. Never, it's there's not never like been... you can't. No, I get a lot of questions. Why don't we do nudity in Girls and Corpses magazine? And the answer is we don't have to because my feeling is if you can't find enough nudity on the Internet – uh, you, you might, you know, want to get some skills and searches because thank there's you. An, there's yes, enough, because yeah. all and, the all the um, there's so much nudity that it's actually good to go backwards 
Yes. Because now be you've got something in front of you that you now you're wondering what does she look like? Now, okay, go get backdoor teen mom if you want to see what she looks like naked. Go right ahead. Yeah. But well, I think we also wanted a certain kind you know, we wouldn't have had the same distribution because we're front of the newsstand. If we had gone, that's what I was going to say. There's no way because you would have had to seal them. You would it would have been a mess. Well, it's funny you bring that up because even though we don't have nudity, we are bagged on newsstands in the U.S. Still, why? Yeah, because we did an issue. No, uh, we did no. We did an issue called "Religion Is Dead," and we took on all religions, and it was really funny and crazy. But right. Ingram, Ingram, who's one of our distributors, there's sort of a religious family that owns, you know, Ingram, and they said, well, we're going to have to bag the magazine because of nudity. And I said, well, I happen to publish and, and edit the magazine, and there is no nudity. And they tried mm-hmm. to pull things out that, you know, were borderline, but there, it wasn't nudity. And the answer is, is that you can't attack religion, uh, obviously, in that mm-hmm. manner, and they didn't, they didn't like it. So... Uh, first, they wanted to put us in a completely opaque bag you couldn't see through, and then they um, relented to doing a see-through bag. So, yeah, because of that, because of that, you know. That it's a weird is so world, man. crazy. Yeah, and my feeling about religion is no, no matter what crazy stuff we do in the magazine, we couldn't touch religion in a thousand years of anywhere close to what has gone on from religion. So it was a fun issue. We actually had James Caviezel, who was – Play Jesus oh, good. Yes. He he was Passion interviewed. Christ, in, right? Yeah, he was in that Passion, issue. Yeah. Talk about a coup! I mean, how to to get him in there was incredible. So that is awesome. Yeah, it was really a fun issue. And listen, we've sold out. Uh, we've done twenty eight issues. Ten are gone. You, if you go to, uh, w- w- of course, there's the site girlsandcorpses.com, and and is spelled out. And then there's girlsandcorpsesstore.com. And if you go there, you can still buy some back issues, but uh, several of them sold out. As a matter of fact, the uh, Daniel Harris issue, which was the second one, uh, it goes for like 150 bucks already. So I think, I think Girls and Corpses is a better investment than uh, putting your money in the bank for sure. And it leads so much more to the imagination. It's just more fun. It's twisted. It's weird. It's diabolical. Who cares? Enjoy it. That's the whole point. That's it. It's it's everything extreme in life. We wanted to do a magazine that was extreme and fun, and crazy. And I I can't. The things that have gone on with this magazine, uh, both good and bad. I mean, a lot of you know. Some people are like, well, you do a magazine about death and you're, you know, making fun of death. But it's really not we're not making fun of it. I just felt that the best way for people to be able to understand the subject and to even look at the subject of death is through comedy. So, I mean, I've even gotten letters from people thanking us for, um, for helping them look at that subject. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's a challenging thing to do, to have comedy and... <laughs> And we're, you know, we're, we're going to be probably the only comedy magazine about death that's ever been published, I'm sure. Well, so would you say that most of it is satire, or you've got actual, like, articles in there on death, period, like on talking to mortuaries and things like that? Well, you know, I, I think people would be amazed that in a comedy magazine, no one's ever done this either, to do serious articles in a comedy magazine. So when you're reading the magazine, you might see something crazy and funny, and then you'll read about some serious thing, people that work in the industry. Uh, for instance, one of my uh, very good friends is Vidal Herrera, who runs 1-800-Autopsy. He was mm-hmm. the former county coroner of Los Angeles for 17 years. 
And now he runs his business where if you want to have an autopsy done, it's franchised, by the way. If you want to have an autopsy done, you call the number and they'll do it because hospitals no longer routinely do autopsies. So, um, but he's helped me a lot. And we've, you know, uh, it's just amazing. I mean, people from different walks, but we have a lot of people in the funeral business who love the magazine. I don't know if they put it out in their waiting room. <laughs> you know? I would hope they would. I really would. Well, what, Somehow it's funny I doubt about it, this. Though. No matter where you put this magazine, when you get Girls and Corpses and you put it on a table, it will change the room. I guarantee you that when people see that, they are like, what the fuck is that? And then, exactly. people, you know, people crowd around it like a, like a campfire and they roast marshmallows on it. and think, I, mean, you know, I mean, it's fun. It's, it's probably the most uh, read magazine in the bathroom in history. That's, you know, I'm, <laughs> I was thinking of making an issue out of toilet something. paper. Yeah, I mean, that's what the best reading's done. But it's, you know, I grew up on Mad Magazine. I collected it. I even went to New York, and I I met William Gaines. I was trying to become uh, a comedy writer for that magazine. And at that time, it was back when they were really at their their peak years, and they told me it's the toughest market in the country for comedy. So I got turned down for Mad, but I sent the same stuff to Cracked, and they told me like I was the best writer ever to send them stuff. So then I started writing for them, but I always felt like a traitor because, you know, Mad Magazine, I just, I loved it. And I want people to have that experience. I want people to, you know, cherish the magazine and collect it and, you know, want to keep it forever. And that's, that's my dream. And is that coming from your background? Because your background, you've been, obviously, you're a writer. You've done all kinds of stuff in movies, have you not? Yeah, I've done a lot of uh, a lot of different things go into my experience in doing Girls and Corpses. I think that it's helped me a lot because, first of all, to be an editor, it's really good to be a writer. And you'd be surprised how many editors weren't writers. But if you're mm-hmm. going to be editing someone else's work, it, it, you better be a published writer and, and to know what that's like, to know what rejection is like. And then to know how to edit something so you improve it and don't destroy it for the person because these people are very excited. So... I've sold over 100 stories to magazines. I've had uh, two published books, one, My Brain Escapes Me, and one was Satan's Three-Ring Circus of Hell. And I've had comic books like Chicken Soup for Satan and Satan Gone Wild and Selected Readings from Satan's Powder Room. I do all this crazy, very dark comedy. Um, You know, like Shaun of the Dead is kind of like my favorite horror movie because I think Mm -hmm. that it's the balance. And that's what the magazine, it goes between the comedy and the horror and gives you a a journey. But as I say, besides um, being a writer, I work for the studios. I was senior unit publicist for Columbia TriStar and Universal Studios for on on and off through about 10 years, promoting big multi-multi-million dollar films on location around the world. And that helped me. And I've worked in advertising as a copywriter, professionally doing that and marketing, and all that's helped. I've worked in casting. And I've worked as an actor. And I, you know, if you're going to hire people to perform and be models and uh, set up shoots and things like this, all that I think is great experience. So it is. It's I, awesome because that it all culminates into one thing. Well, yeah, it's just weird how that happens. But I think there's a lot of people out there that do a lot of different jobs, and somehow they, you know, come together in a weird way. Like, you know, they like to sail, and and they're a good cook, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're 
you know, on some private yacht as the private chef kind of thing. You know, it, it, sometimes and people, it's a few... they're down on themselves. Understand, it, this is not 1950. So it's yeah. not, okay, you're going to go and work somewhere for 40 years and get a gold watch. Don't come yeah. down on yourself because you've held, held a whole pile of different jobs. Those things, I'm telling you, you're absolutely right. They will yeah. culminate into something later. Well, and, and look how it happened with me because um, I was a kid. I was passionate about magazines. I even have a great photo of me as a kid with a mad magazine in front of me, and I'm just like, I'm beaming. And that was something that I was passionate about. There was a book I read years ago called Work With Passion. If you guys out there can find it, it really, it, so many people are working at jobs so that they can do mm-hmm. what they want to do someday. And the trick is is to, to, to do your passion, even if you're not paid for it. Eventually, if it's your passion, the you'll money get much come. further. It's like you're an, the money you're an, attorney, an attorney who really wants to be, you know, a painter, well, it's a tough. Listen, it's a tough road to be an artist. I, I enjoy so many different great artists that work with my magazine, like uh, Eric mm-hmm. Piggers and Lou Rusconi and Brian Orwolski, who does a cartoon with me called Last Laughs, which are really dark, messed up cartoons. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're wonderful, wonderful artists. And then I have writers around the country that uh, work with me and photographers, and uh, I get a real thrill out of giving the opportunity for. So many talented people, where do you get published? I mean, it's a big deal to them. And mm-hmm. uh, when I was starting out and, you know, uh, getting my first stories published, I mean, it, it, for a writer to be, just be published, it, it means so much. So I'm very happy to do that. It does. And that, and that was the whole point of why I did the writing contest, too, because I know what that's like. So, yeah. you know, I did a horror writing contest for this show, which we're going to find out who the winner was. But, again, same thing. They're getting published by Riverdale Avenue Books. It doesn't matter. It was a short story writing contest. It doesn't matter. Just getting published is such a really cool thing to have happen. doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a novel. Just get published. It's so cool. Yeah, and we're, we're open to it. You know, the funny thing, having been a fiction writer, is we don't do fiction <laughs> because no one really <laughs> wanted to read it. So I feel bad about that because people do write us. But I do. what I'm looking for um, – are things like this, people that work in extreme jobs, like this next issue that I've got a guy that was a paramedic for 17 years. I've got people that work in the death business, picking up bodies, things that people would never really hear about and know about in, in, in life, and it's fascinating. And I think if people take a look at the magazine, they'll find that instead of running from death and the fact that we're all going to be at that place – if you look away from it, it's, it's, it's harder to accept it in your life. Um, people say to me, oh, my God, you do a magazine about death and how depressing. I having, I'm having so much know, fun enjoying life thing. because I do a magazine yeah. about death. It's very strange. But no one's tackled it before. I mean, it was Life magazine, but we really are death magazine. We really are. We uh, explore all sides to that. And now we have you know, major bands involved. We have celebrities involved. People really know about the magazine, which makes it much easier. Um, our first issue, uh, well, the first print issue was Sherry Moon Zombie, who's Rob Zombie's wife. Oh, bless. I love her. And so I, I love her. And the fact that she took the risk on a magazine called Girls and Corpses is a tribute mm-hmm. not just to her, but also to Rob, because he wouldn't let her do anything that wasn't, he, think, he didn't think was cool. And right. he actually came to the shoot. We were shooting at uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. He has to love the Meg, because you guys are very similar in style. 
Yeah, I mean, he does. He, he actually got us, you know, the first people that we got in the magazine, well, Sid Haig. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a Rob Zombie person, Billy Mosley, Daniel Harris, yep. Scout Taylor Compton. These are people that are part of his regular team. And I can only say nice things about Rob because he, you know, he came to the shoot and he was so like, he didn't want the focus to be him. He just wanted to chill and, and be proud of his wife and her mm-hmm. getting, getting a cover. Um, hopefully we can shoot her again because we've learned so much since those first issues. Um, <laughs> You know, it's amazing. Um, I mean, you know, as earlier I was talking about death and how even though we're a comedy magazine, yes, I've had death in my family and I lost a parent and lost other people in my, my life very close to me. Interestingly enough, I've had two crazy deaths with the magazine. Really? Uh, I, did, you, did you know about any of the people that were working with you? Well, what happened is, is I was um, I did 15 online issues, absolutely free. I sort of figured that I would be like the, uh, you know, what was the woman that used to make the cookies? Mrs. Fields. She used to let people right. taste the cookies. And that's how she built her business. I thought, what a brilliant idea. Instead of being like, nope, buy a cookie, you can't know it. She would give those cookies away. Just taste the thing. Well, that's what I did. I did it 15 issues, full issues people could get. And I built up the audience, so much so that when we wanted to get distribution, we had the numbers. There was a guy that used to come to my events who was a fan of horror. His name was Stephen Miller. And he had had experience in publishing sports magazines. And he kept coming up to me at different events saying, this has got to be in print. And finally, he convinced me, and we went into business together. We both financed it. I was on the creative side. He was the business side and understood publishing more than I did. But he also worked in um, you know, animal training. He, he had a brother, Randy Miller, who ran a place called Predators in Action. And it was a training facility for animals for the movies. One of the movies was uh, Rocky the Bear. Rocky's a grizzly bear who is in semi-pro with Will Ferrell. Remember that movie? Yep. So uh, he went up one day to do a commercial up there, and um, uh, it's a long story about how I feel about what really did happen, but National Geographic portrayed it in a certain way to protect a lot of stuff, but uh, he was, the bear killed him, Uh, Rocky the bear. I got a phone call from... um, uh, this gal that worked with him, uh, and she was sobbing and saying Stephen was dead. And I, you know, Stephen was such a crazy character. I figured, you know, someone they got in a gun battle or something. I don't know, but I couldn't believe it was a grizzly bear. And sure enough, uh, the bear had killed him. And um, so that was a. There were so many weird things about that. It would take hours just to explain. But that was one strange death. And then I had another. And and by the way, tragic death. I mean, married, two kids. Yeah. Um, we, we used to always joke about who would die first would be on the cover of the magazine. I didn't put him on the cover, but I certainly did a tribute issue to him. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone listening to your show knows that there's some real crazy twists and turns in life. And uh, a lot of it involves death and people dying and things like this. And I had another uh, person I worked with by the name of Holly Stevens and, and – uh, I had interviewed her. She had done a movie called Clown Porn. Just to tell you how crazy my life is, this is what she did with Clown Porn. So I had interviewed her, and, and, and she was so bright and funny and witty and talented. And so we started work together, and she wound up writing for us, doing art for us, and did about 70 events for us. 
And mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago, she uh, found a really large lump in her breast, and um, it it uh, led to a series of advanced cancer and brain cancer. And she passed away at 29. And uh, wow. I still can't believe she's gone. But you know, in the midst of this comedy magazine that she loved, I mean, she had we had so much fun together that this you know life goes on. You you can't stop it, and, and death goes on. So uh, that's just in telling people that even though I do this magazine and there's a lot of humor in it, it doesn't mean that I'm an insensitive person. I'm not making fun of death. I'm letting people laugh in its face. Exactly. It's, it's letting people know, you know what, it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. We've got to start, you know, just relax. It's going to happen. Quit trying to control yeah. it. And if you take your focus off of it, it's not going to happen to you anyway. So relax. It's just, well, know, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those things people, people can't look at. But, look, it, it, also the magazine's so funny. I don't even think people really realize that they're uh, um, saturated with that subject because there's, there's so much crazy stuff in the magazine. And let's not forget, I've got beautiful women. Uh, I have a photographer, Mark Berry, from, from England who shoots with us, and he uh, was a photographer for Bizarre magazine. Do you know Bizarre? <laughs> yep. Yep. Not Bazaar, the fashion magazine. Bizarre, the yeah, bizarre. Yep. Bizarre magazine. And uh, he wound up working with us, and he has been shooting the, uh, you know, the majority of our covers. Uh, I'm just have put together a team, and, and I want to make sure each issue that comes out is something I can be really proud of, and that will last the test of time, long past time, long after I'm uh, dust and bones in the grave. Exactly, and it's and it, that's the thing. That's what it is. Even the website, it's all. Um, I think the best way to put it is that it's it's like a classy mad magazine. Well, you know it I mean? is. It's like there's so yeah, much you. to it, but it's it's actually a really nicely done magazine. People don't get that. It's it's not oh well, women are you know they're thrown in bikinis and and posing with you know dead guys. That's not the point of the magazine. Well, I actually, it, get it, that. It's, it's the like, opposite. It, it, it is, but it's yeah. not. It's there's so much in it, and it and it's so nicely photographed, and it's just the shots are unreal. They're beautiful. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a it really is a commentary about advertising that you can put a beautiful woman next to anything and sell it. And True. you know, we've got people can't look away because there's a beautiful girl. There's a corpse; they don't want to look at that. But they can't look away because there's this gorgeous girl. So, um, what also when you mentioned the quality of the magazine, um, I'm I'm friends with both Rue Morgue and Fangoria. They're both terrific horror magazines. They've been around for a long time, but yep. they're different from our magazine because we are the only horror magazine that does our own photo shoots for the cover. And interior, which means we hire models, we have hair, makeup, and wardrobe, we have locations, we have props. It's much more expensive. Those magazines, as a wonderful job as they do, they get a slide from the studio uh, or from a producer, or whatever, from that movie, and it's uh, they put the you know credits over that. It's far different than trying to uh, you know do a whole photo shoot, and also our paper. It's very thick. It's, you know, 80, well, 100-weight paper. I mean, it's just beautiful, that's thick paper. That's what I mean. And it's like, it's, it's not, I think that's what I'm trying to, to tell everybody. Yeah. Is it's, it's like a work of art. It's not just a flimsy little, you know, Us magazine. That it, well, is what this is. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I, I think 
one of the, the strengths and weaknesses for me in trying to do this is if, I, if it wasn't high quality, it wouldn't work as the gag. So it cost me a lot more money. Because if you do Girls and Corpses and it's a crappy, cheesy magazine, it defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do, which is mm-hmm. really turn this whole thing up. You know, look, publishing right now is it's in dire straits. And you know, magazines like Newsweek, Newsweek's no longer on the newsstand. Uh, everything's going online. I've been fighting. Everybody wants me to go digital and all this kind of thing. I want people to hold the magazine. I want them to collect it. So if I uh, just put these online for $2, uh, in, you know, people have so little time these days, too. I try to slow and them down. And they don't appreciate how much goes into it if you, if you were to do that. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like it just, it, it, you, it, I think by putting a higher value on the magazine, it's showing that the magazine is of higher value. People don't get that. Well, they're they're getting it, and let's just say that that the sales are been terrific, and um, we have really loyal fans, and I get the same people uh, ordering and ordering. You know, we don't have subscriptions to the magazine, and that's another problem because we can't afford it. Because of the quality of the magazine and what we spend, I can't do the magazine for you know the five dollar or what do they do now? You know it's like two dollars a year. But the way they can do that on other magazines is they're selling so many huge ads mm-hmm. that what happens is that you wind up with like In Style magazine, which is you know like this giant paperweight you could break your toe. But it's all these things are all ads. It's all ads, yeah. So they can sell the magazine for 50 cents or whatever. Uh, we can't do that because we don't pack it in with ads. I've turned down tons of ads. I don't do casinos. I, I will report on crazy things in the adult world, but we don't do, you know, we don't do 900, not like, you know, bizarre yeah, magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not plastered with all those in the back, yeah. Yeah, same with our website. I turn down stuff because we're trying to do this and, and you know, I think that the other magazines have helped sell themselves uh, out by doing so many ads that uh, people are frustrated. They're not getting, you know, what the, what they want. So, I mean, like, it, it's been a dream. I've I have so many great friends. I mean, you know, how else would I be involved with Tara Patrick, one of the most iconic mm-hmm. porn stars in the world? She's one of my best friends. She does events with me. Matter of fact, if I can just plug uh, a couple things, um, Kamikaze Expo is this weekend. It's Stan Lee's Kamikaze Expo, which is at the uh, L.A. Convention Center. And I will be there uh, this Friday through Sunday, so it's November 1st through the 3rd. And uh, it's, you know, it's like Comic-Con, but it's in Los Angeles. It's right. enormous. They get about 60,000 people. Um, so we will be there, and Tara will be there as well. Um, and also, I don't know if you have a big Back East audience, but you did mention the time. Do you, do you guys broadcast as well Back East? Or oh, yeah, listen? like this is, this is going all the way across. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, there's yeah. a great event happening Friday. you got something Friday. up in Brooklyn, do you not? Yeah, there's a club, fantastic club called Lucky 13 in Brooklyn. I'm sure the Brooklyn people are nodding right now because they know this place. It's a kind of heavy metal, death metal club that's been around. It's run by this wonderful gal named Melody. Um, we're doing the first day of the dead party they've ever had there is a Girls and Corpses party. So it's at the Lucky 13 Saloon, which is at 273 3rd uh, Street. I just looked at my flyer. It says, Thirst. I have three TH. <laughs> I just looked at my own flyer. I make my own typos. 
273 Third Street in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Lucky 13 Saloon, and it's 9.30 p.m. to 4 a.m. We're going to have those prizes, you know, crazy stuff going on, and beautiful girls, and, you know. I think we're going to do a, a wet T-shirt contest with blood, I think, is something we're doing. So it's going to be crazy. So, we're, you know, we do events constantly, and, and uh, I love doing them. Well, and that's the best way to get it out there. You're talking with, with your audience. One yeah, on it's one. like selling, selling the magazine one person at a time. Um, but I, I love it. I love meeting the people, and um, I do events all across the country. I, I'm going to try to do some more international ones coming up. Um, we're also very big in the fetish world because the magazine is perceived as probably the worst fetish magazine ever created. And it really it's not, but it, it kind of is. So I take advantage of that, too, and go to – fetish bondage ball and all these things i sponsor all these events and uh, i sponsor uh her shows across the country i just did one in orlando florida that i just uh did and we give money to them we send magazines to them um by the way um i <laughs> this is gonna sound a little nutty but uh we're very supportive of our uh troops overseas and ever since the magazine started when there's a guy over in Afghanistan, or he, you know, he's writing from his unit from over there. We send magazines and a box of, for the whole unit. So uh, we've been doing that, and they send us back pictures of them in the desert, you know, in their tents with their guns, reading Girls and Corpses magazine. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. And, and from my buddies that are that are in that, that are uh, defending our our country around the world, most of the time they're bored. It, it's not about, you know, yeah, they face death and all that, but a lot of what I understand is it, just tedium and boring and sitting and waiting. So if I send one magazine, it'll be read by 13,000 guys. They'll pass it around the whole, you know, the exactly. base. You know, I'm sure, you know, that, uh, that uh, you know, the enemy has it. They probably uh, captured it, and they found one, I think, with Bin Laden. Actually, we did a Bin Laden gag because we did a uh, uh, – uh, when he was thrown into the ocean, we did sort of a Jaws thing, uh, kind of right. a parody of him. So, and that was in our uh, our um, issue we did with Tara Patrick, which was Bay Rots, which was all kind of based on. And we had David Hasselkorps. Um, and by the way, I'll have David Hasselkorps at uh, Kamikaze this weekend. <laughs> now, I love David, it. Now he caused a problem too because in Vegas at Fetish and Fantasy. Uh, you know, he's a corpse, so he's naked, you know, and he's got his, he's got junk down there, right? You know, it's a little rotted, but it's there. And so every time I bring him to a show, I know this sounds weird, this corpse has had more action. Girls will blow him like at a drop of it. First of all, they want to get their picture taken, so they're, they're, they're kneeling. And then, boom, it's in the mouth, you know, they're blowing David Hassel corpse. This has happened over and over. So now so you're David Applecorps has an appendage. He's got a dick. I have people that write to Yeah, he does. I have people that write to that love him. Women like this. I don't understand it, but he's got some sort of animal or corpse magnetism. So here we are at Fetish and Fantasy. This just happened. It was, you know, Saturday night, and he was wearing trunks. And I turn around, and girls have pulled his trunks down, and they're playing with him down there. So they came, the cops came back again, and they're like... You've now have your second warning. You've it's oh, like a RoboCop. Step away from the corpse. The cops were there. Like, or did oh someone my God, call they, them? Wait a minute. Listen, they posted police officers from the hotel. Security police posted them to watch, and they told me, oh, "We're going to station God. him. He's going to stay at your booth." 
girls and corpses. Now, Sibian sends this uh, sends the Sibian to us as a promotional thing. Matter of fact, yeah. uh, I think Karen is probably Karen Sibian is listening to the show tonight. I hope she calls in. And she's flabbergasted because this isn't a dildo. It's not insertable. These are girls sitting on, you know, some girls get on and they laugh and jump off. I mean, it's a silly thing. But, God, with what's going on in the world, if someone has an orgasm, do we really need the police to stop the pleasure, it's for Christ's sakes? At, a, at the Hard Rock Hotel, at a private adult event that people are paying, that we can't, you know, because when we did it last year, we, we gave 300 women orgasms at the event. And I had Andy Sandim. This is honest to God. I had Andy Sandimas with me, who is a porn mm-hmm. star, and two other adult stars. Yep. And they, the girls would, you know, walk up. And go, oh my God, it's a Sibian, and it's it's just free Sibian rides, you know. <laughs> now, when this was all going down, and they were trying to arrest me at the Hard Rock, I, I still don't understand. But they said that says free. You know, you got to take that thing that says it's free. Like, would it be different if I was charging? I don't, I don't understand. It's just, I don't know, is what's going on with the country that, that, that an orgasm, I think it's the opposite. I think it, because there are some women cops too, I think mm-hmm. if they had jumped on the Sibian and had a nice relaxing orgasm, everything would be okay. No one is hurt. It's no one stabbed. There's nobody drunk throwing a box. Exactly. It's, just an or- it's a nice thing. <laughs> now, now, to give you the great irony, okay, you ever hear of the movie Cannibal Corpse? Oh, not Cannibal Corpse. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust. No, that one I don't know. Okay. Did your partner there, have you ever hear of it? Never heard, heard of it. Heard of it. That's, that's saying something. It's one of the most horrific horror films. Look it up, folks, out there. Cannibal Holocaust. It is probably in the top five most horrific movies you can ever see, along with a Serbian film and other things. But... In the movie, there's a girl, they come, uh, they're kind of looking for cannibals. As a matter of fact, um, Eli Roth, who's a big fan of the magazine, he did Hostel and all those movies, he made a movie called The Green Inferno, I think is the name, and it's very close to Cannibal Holocaust, about mm-hmm. journalists who go you know, to an area where there's cannibals, and they wind up being cannibalized. So there's a scene in the movie where there's a girl with a wood post going up through, I don't know if it's her ass or vagina, but it goes up through her and out of her mouth. And she's hanging there bleeding dead, totally naked. Okay? So it's very, go- I mean, it's people freak, this is like freaks the shit out of people. So what did I do? Well, I had it made. I had someone, my special effects team, make it. Because in the real movie, people thought that this girl actually was killed. The truth is, it was an actress, and it's kind of technical the way they did it. And she sat... Right. So there is no prop from the movie. We made this so people could see this crazy thing. Now, we fast forward to Fetish and Fantasy Ball in Las Vegas. I've got this prop, giant size. You know, it's full size. The girl, the thing going up through her, blood, she's naked. Below her, in the front of our booth, is the Sibian. They're telling me to get, you know, get that out of here, turn it off, or you're going to be kicked out. Right behind the Sibian so is, is a okay, woman with the blood and guts. Forget it. Is a woman on a post going through her ass and out of her mouth. Yeah, that's okay. And that is because violence against women. That you know that's going to be that's fine. You know, yeah. listen. There was a story recently. I have a lot of trouble with Facebook. I mean, I'm always getting for some stupid reason. Most recently, they blocked me for a month because I linked to a story about five people getting AIDS in the adult entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. 
they blocked me because I linked to a news story. Meantime, Facebook had to be sued and you know stopped from having a beheading video that was real up there. Yeah. So it's that, it's that, that whole thing. You can behead a girl. That's okay. But if someone shows a nipple on Facebook, it's like, well, that's it. You know, you that is terrible. But a yep. real beheading, they had they took it down and then they put it back up. Facebook. Oh my god. Of this girl and what the story was is she was part of a drug uh, uh, rivalry between gangs, and right. uh, to, to, you know, to do this to the other side, they chopped off this young girl's head on video. And we're not talking about grainy black and white. Now they've got like a red camera. You know, they're down there shooting really high res. And, you know, this is stuff people can see today. But an orgasm. Mm-hmm. A but nice, an orgasm, you know, forget it, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Oh, my God. I really thought that I was going to be taken out. I wish I had. It would be such a great story if they had thrown me in jail in Las Vegas. You know, Sim City. I don't know. Exactly. It's it's crazy. It's it's pathetic what society has become. It's like, you know, sex is horrible, but violence is okay. It's it's so stupid. It is. And and I've become desensitized to all, you know. I think people get so, oh, my God, you know, with sexuality. I mean, there's so much of it, obviously, that people can see now out there. Um, You know, if people, once again, are hurting each other. I mean, if I I was reading about your show, I think you're having someone on later who's going to talk about some of the craziest requests they've gotten as as dominatrices. Shauna Kenny wrote a book. We did an interview with her. It was uh, called I Was a Teenage Dominatrix. Really great book about her experience, and she listed, you know, and I love stories like that, you know, what people, people do that uh, crazy sexual, strange things. I've got a friend of mine, um, I won't mention her name because maybe she doesn't want me to, but she's a fetish girl, and guys pay her to, th- uh, to throw pies at them. That's it. Yep. They, she That's, she yep. comes over and sits in a chair and she throws pies at them. Um, that is an actual fetish, yep. Yeah, and I know girls that travel all around the country and do, you know, spanking conventions. I've got a bunch of friends. I think the same girl is over in, like, Ecuador right now doing a spanking convention. And they get free air. They did one recently to Paris. They, you know, it's great. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, why not? That's the whole point, and that was the reason why I started the show. It's just I want people to understand that it is not the scary thing that they all have in their heads. That it is actually, you know, have some fun. Sex is okay. Like, we've got to stop freaking out over it. Well, we're running um, – I have a writer that works for us. Her name is Dr. Victoria Austin, and Austin, and she works in the sex museum. There's a wonderful sex museum in Las Vegas. I think people would be blown away because you're thinking this little rinky-dink skin. It is – you know, it's like the Louvre. I mean, it's, it's huge. They've got <laughs> things from ancient Greece and Rome and phalluses and all through history. It's a fa- fabulous right. – anyhow, she writes for us. This next issue coming up, she's going to do a listing of her craziest encounters with fetishes. But one that we ran in the magazine I think would pretty much shock people because it's already been in the issue uh, for people that don't know about it. I mean, I I think you know about amputation fetish where people like to have sex with amputees. But what they may not know is that there's a whole fetish for people that get sexual satisfaction by having their limbs removed. Yep. Are you there still? Yeah. (laughs) 
I thought maybe you'd fallen off the chair. No, no. But, are you kidding? I deal with this all day. I mean, this is what yeah, I'm yeah. living. So it does. Yeah, it, it was it, a pause. It, I thought it was disconnected. At all, but yeah, I, it, I've talked to several gentlemen who that is their fetish. They want to be with a woman who has, you know, amputations of whatever variety, and sometimes they will rub up against the um, stump. Itself. But that's not the fetish. That's, that's the fetish people think. This is a fetish of men and women that want their own limbs removed. Oh, yeah, I know. That comes along with it. You'll usually yeah. find the ones that want to rub up against them also mm-hmm. have that um, deep they have need to, have something to want to removed. feel what it's like to have it taken off. Yeah, that's, that, it's hardcore, yeah. Yeah, well, some of them, and she's talked about it, her patients where they – Go try to meet with doctors to have their limbs removed. Isn't this perfect for Halloween? It's just great. Um, <laughs> so they want to have their limbs removed, and the doctor won't do it. So what they do is they put their leg or whatever in dry ice until it dies. And then they yep. go to the hospital, and it's dead flesh, and they remove it. And, but the thing um, is, it's never enough. Yeah, eventually you're just ahead. You can't even masturbate anymore. You can it's, just Yeah, it's, exactly. Because it's like they'll have a little bit taken off of here and then it'll be like, "No, I want more taken off. I want more taken off." It's just it, it's it's insane. It's like facelifts. It's like yeah. women in it Hollywood. It becomes an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it is. maybe I should be interviewing you because I I love all that. I love the extreme in life. That's what, you know, Girls and Corpses is the most extreme magazine. As a matter of fact, I think Huffington Post voted as the most ridiculous magazine of all time. We won. We are number one. I think we beat out, I don't know, Bacon Magazine or something. I don't know, some crazy goat, <laughs> goat Gazette or something. And then MTV. Goat Gazette, I love it. Go, I think that was one of the magazines, you know, Doll Lovers <laughs> or whatever. And then uh, the other one was um, MTV said we are the weirdest magazine ever created. And I love that. I mean, people like would think, oh, my God, you know, you do a magazine and Huffington Post voted you the most. I put that's on my homepage. I have it Are up you there. Ca- exactly. That, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the that's, best that's, thing you could hear. Yeah, which, which also is interesting because, uh, you know, some people like to know about what kind of mail we get and who writes to the magazine and hate mail. And the truth is we get you know, like 99% positive email. People, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to them, and I've saved their life in this magazine, and they, they love it, and they wait for it. And then I get a few crazy letters, majority from the church, mm-hmm. from religious people, which is a, a great irony. And one of my favorites was there's the Crystal Cathedral. I think it's in Salt Lake City, or was. And they said uh, that they hoped that, uh, that us, us and our corpses rotted in hell which is kind of ironic because they're corpses and they're already rotten. But um, the Crystal Cathedral wind up being this huge corrupt thing, and they're stealing millions from the people. We don't do terrible things to people like the – let's just not just say the church. We'll say organized religion. But mm-hmm. look at some of the stuff that's gone on. You know, the exactly. whole pedophile thing, you can't deny as much as people still want to – somewhere must be someone who doesn't believe it at this point. But – it, with this going on, with the power of organized religion, those are the people that are attacking us for doing yep. a comedy magazine. Mm-hmm. And, and the, once again, the great irony is that I did a religion ma- issue where I took on, I took on all religions. It was, it was really the idea that there's a leader that has to get in front of a, a group of people and has control and power, and they become the voice of the supposed god or deity, and they have this power, and it corrupts. 
So it's, it's whatever religion it is. I even went after, you know, if, if the Church of Satan, if they're having meetings, that's just as bad because there's a guy in charge. Or exactly. if, I, I agree. We did, we did a joke um, in the magazine about, you know, you know, it was an atheist meeting, and it said all those against, you know, organized religion say yay, you know, because all, if you're getting together as a group and someone's in charge, you know, so I don't know. I was actually, I, 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 used, to, I used to practice um, Wicca. And even that got on my nerves. I was like, I would go through each one of them, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And even that got pissed, because it's always, oh, well, you're doing this wrong. Are you doing that wrong? It's like, oh, fuck off. I can't be bothered with any of it. Well, I've had a brush with Wicca, interestingly enough, because when I was a publicist, one of the movies I did was called The Craft. Um, And the producer, who was a friend of mine, called me and said, Robert, you know, you're so strange. And we think you're the person to find the witch consultant for the movie. So I went on a quest to find the uh, high priestess goddess, you know, that I, I that they wound up hiring for the uh, mm. the film, and it's actually done with a lot of real things. So I learned a lot about uh, a lot about Wicca, and the the woman that was the high priestess of a her organization had like two hundred thousand members between the U.S. and Europe, and she right. looked like a like a bored housewife. I mean, she looked yeah. like a, a like just a kind of a dumpy soccer mom, you know. I mean, and she was the, exactly. high, the high priestess, you know. Yep. So, uh, you know, this is this is. I just as soon as someone tells me what to do, then I, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> I'm not good with a leader. Yeah, I don't so play well uh, with leaders. It's fun, and it's fun being the leader of the magazine because I basically can do whatever I want. Um, I work. You're the king. I work for, what's that? You're the king. The king of corpses. I'm the king. I'm the king of corpses. I am. I'm the king of corpses. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm fascinated. I don't know if you knew my early history, but um, one of the books I wrote was called My Brain Escapes Me. Mm-hmm. And that was a really completely released published book in Barnes & Noble and Borders and all that kind of stuff. And it did very, very well. It got great reviews. But it, it happened because uh, when I was 10 years old, I had a massive skull fracture, which uh, literally I died when I was 10. Right. So um, that sort of probably where some of my interest in the subject came from. My parents were told that I was a goner. I had uh, um, 64 stitches in my head just to close up the gap, and then my head was shaved, and they covered it with a uh, uh, plastic dome at that time. And I, I was in all of fifth grade. I was in the hospital. Wow. And then after I came out, I still had issues, and I went blind in one eye for a while. And then that came back. Um, and I still have a nice, healthy divot in my head. So th- that was what my brain escapes me came from, because my brain came out of my – some of my brain actually Because it really did was, escape you. Yeah, it did escape my, my skull. So, you know, that could be one of the reasons I'm, I'm interested in, in the subject. I mean, I'm fascinated by it. And I go to autopsies. And, I, you know, I, I, it's an incredible thing to watch an autopsy. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that if people have watched birth, the, the beauty of birth – I'm not comparing them necessarily, although we come into this world through this bloody, you know, mess of stuff, and our life begins, and then, uh, you know, our death is just as significant as that. Um, but, you know, I don't want to compare an autopsy to birth. I don't know. But, you know, no, but I know what you're of... talking about. I find autopsies very interesting. I enjoy watching them, which sounds 
crazy, but I also have an interest in medical stuff, so that's the reason why. It's, it's, it's great. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. Inside of our bodies, because we watch horror movies, and that's where we get a lot of what you know, we're supposed to look like. Well, guess what? We don't look like that. We're, when, you know, it, the, the blood is obviously in your body, but mostly our colors are bright yellow from all the fat and yeah. organs that are bright orange. I mean, it's very colorful. And the other thing I've noticed about real dead bodies, having seen enough, is that they look like the worst B-movie uh, props. That if they imitated that in films, people would think it was, you know, the it worst. It was too cheesy, yeah. Terrible. Because your body <laughs> yeah, shrinks really up. Do. And it, they look like bad rubber dummies. You, you, you can't believe you're really seeing something real because it's so different from it what horror movies fake, portray. It does doesn't it? Terrible, When you go yeah. and you see a dead body, it, it's... It shrinks, the skin shrinks down, and the, the, sh- and the it, face kind of... Waxy, it looks everybody fake. goes, okay, they look waxy. No, they really do. When you touch them, it's, they look like they would be, you know, Madame Tussauds or something. It's yeah. weird, yeah. It's, it's, it's strange. It's very strange. So I go hang out with Vidal, and we, we, you know, there's an autopsy, and I observe, and then we go have burritos, and it's a lot of fun. And, you know, Vidal is just, uh, he's a great guy. He also has a company, I'm plugging all my buddies, why not? He has okay. a company called Coffin Couches, and he takes... Uh, Real coffins and makes furniture out of them. Oh, and, very cool. That would be and, so cool. And, and they're beautiful. I mean, they're beautifully made, and they even have sponsorships. Like, he'll have the L.A. Dodgers and Lakers or whatever team. It could be the Mets. You know, they, he'll make coffin couches, and they're a couple grand, but they're gorgeous. So, uh, you know, and uh, we shoot down there a lot, so it's, it's fun. I mean, I don't even know what's next, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That is so cool. Well, Corpsey, I have to say thank you so much for being on the show. It is a blast having you here, <laughs> and you have to come back anytime you want. I, I will. And, and I, and, now, where are you located? Are you in well, New York? Well, this is the thing. I do the show from Canada. But, oh. it's, you know, it's done through Blog Talk, so it's a New York number. So, yeah, that's just kind of it's, we're all over the place. Joe is in uh, New York. Okay. I'm in Ontario. So. Well, we print the print the magazine in Canada. We used to say made in the USA, but now they wouldn't let us do that. So it says made in Canada. So <laughs> it really is it really is made up there. And um we do sell on newsstands and we we love our Canadian friends and you know they're just as sick and twisted as uh, as uh, Americans. So They're not as sick and twisted. Being an American in Canada, I can honestly tell you that these people are really boring. Are they? I All said right. it. Well, maybe. <laughs> They're twisted in Australia, though. I'll tell you that. There's different countries. In Japan, we're very big in certain parts of the world. So, anyhow, it's a pleasure to do your show. I hope everyone will either go to a newsstand, if they don't have Girls and Corpses, to tell them to order it. Yeah, and if tell they, them to order if, it because you can do that. You can do that, and they'll get it. Or just go to you know, girlsandcorpsesstore.com, and you can order And there's deals. You can get a bunch of issues. We have signed issues. But I didn't even get into it, but we have pussy magnets. And we have prison soap that has Actually, a bubble yes, on it. One of the girls in the chat room was talking about the pussy magnets. She really wants to get some. Pussy magnets are very popular, and they're actually the vagina is uh, uh, Charlotte Stokely, uh, who's a porn star friend of mine, and so it's a an actual mold, and it's a pink, you know, little vagina, and then you put it on your refrigerator, and what a beautiful way to start the day. So <laughs> come, go. come to check out because we have soaps. We have corpse body soap, which is a vagina with maggots on it. I'm telling you, we don't hold back. It's all there. 
So thank you guys so much. It's a blast to be on your show. I've been wanting to for a long time. Thank you so much. So thank much you, Dr. Marcy. Seuss. You rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. You too. See you on the other side. Bye. You got it. So, Joey Jojo, is he the man or is he the man? I'm telling you, you guys, if if you get a chance, definitely pick up a copy. Go to the website. I, Joe had never heard of it, and I told him about it. And he, the first thing you said to me, remember, you were went, "This is strangely fascinating," because it really is. It pulls you in because you're just like, "Wow, this is all really cool." It's kind of like that car accident that you drive by. And you just- <laughs> Have to you slow go, down. I should not be wasting my time, and then you just kind of go, oh, but wait. <laughs> I, 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 I believe my exact quote was, this is so wrong, yet so completely right. <laughs> it was. It's so true. That's exactly what you said. So definitely, you guys, hit up Girls and Corpses. Look for Corpsey everywhere, because he really is everywhere, and he is an amazing guy, obviously, as you have just seen. Really nice guy, easy to talk to. Anytime you get a chance to go up, go up and talk to him. Tell him you heard him on, on our show, though, for sure. That's just my thing. So we will be right back after this. Instead of buying her a bathrobe this Christmas, why not get her something that will make her purr and get yourself a naughty little something at the same time? Just visit adamandeve.com and choose from thousands of hot sex toys stiffy-inducing videos, and so much more. Once you have that shopping cart full of decadent and deviant delights, simply use promo code INBED at checkout and get 50% off your first toy, plus free U.S. shipping and three free DVDs. Heck, you even get a surprise gift, and we all like surprises. So, hmm, toy for your lady... DVDs for you, plus free U.S. shipping, and more? Sounds like a kinky Christmas to me. Sure does. So, my dearie dears, I guess you guys are all wondering who won the Horror Erotica Writing Contest. And I didn't find out until literally hours before this show. And I am really super stoked to tell you that... Lori got in touch with me from Riverdale Avenue Books and told me who the winner was, but she also has two other ones. She has a first runner-up and an honorable mention. I'm not telling you this, please don't quote this, but she may be publishing all three. So we may actually have three winners. So are you ready? The winner of the Horror Erotica Contest, where's my drum roll? Hello, Joe. I want a drum roll. Thank you. <laughs> it is Oleander Plume with her story, Taking Chance. She has won the contest. What's going to happen is you're going to see excerpts from the top three. If you just wait one second, I'm going to tell you who got first runner-up in honorable mention. Um, we're going to put excerpts up. From those three stories, we're not putting the whole three stories up because, hello, they're going to be published. Quite possibly all three are going to be published. And you can buy the damn thing. So I'm not going to give out all the info. I'm not going to give away anything for free. However, everyone who put in a story to us, I am going to be putting those up on the website so that everybody can read them. If you don't, if you're listening and you don't want me to put it up, let me know. Um, But 
I just think it's great because the stories were fantastic. We had 15 entries. I was really impressed with what I saw. So just so you know, let's go back to our winner. So we have Oleander Plume winning with Taking Chance. Our first runner-up, who also happens to be in the chat room, which, by the way, I'm going to say STD, 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 which means you now have to take three shots. Let's go. All right, you ready? First runner-up was... Da, 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 da. Hold on. Our beautiful, I have to go back over to the website because I really should have wrote these notes down in front of me, but, you know, I didn't do that. So I'm going back over to the website, which is where I have also listed everybody who won. Our first runner-up was Voodoo Passion by Amber Honeycutt. And our honorable mention was Living with Bunny by Logan Hart. They are amazing stories, just absolutely fantastic stories. Um, Living with Bunny is so bizarre, but really good bizarre. So you guys, if these do get published, if if they do publish all three, if Lori decides to do all three, you guys have to read these because they're just unbelievable. Obviously, um, Oleanders is going to be published for sure. I don't know about the other two, but she's teetering on possibly publishing all three. So fingers crossed, you guys, that the three of you will be able to do that. It I was think a that's really fun time. Hmm? I think that's amazing that you possibly have gotten three authors published. I, I am so thrilled with that because it is so difficult to get published. And I, this is just the thing is I know what it's like to be a frustrated writer and anything, any kind, any time you can get even just a little bit published, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be, you know, rolling all over the place. It's just, just, just one or two little things out there. It makes you feel better. It makes you keep writing. It makes you, you know, it yeah. gives you that. It's oh, not war and peace on the first try. It just makes you feel better. You know, it's like, well, somebody actually saw it, they liked it, and not only did they like it, they're going to stand behind it, which is really cool. I just, It's so cool, and I love doing this for everybody. So we are actually, I've been talking to Lori about it, we are probably going to be doing another one in the spring. So those of you who put your stories in and you didn't get picked, don't get all pouty because you're going to have another chance. And just because you put in for one doesn't mean you can't put in for the next one. You guys can, and you can be a published author. You can be anybody you want to. We don't care. Um, we're not going to be picky like that. So you can definitely enter again. I haven't decided on the theme for the spring one yet. I have to kind of, Joe and I will have to put our heads together and figure out what our theme's going to be. But we definitely, I love doing this because if we can start plucking people out and getting them, you know, published and getting their stories heard, I just it's so awesome. I was just so stoked reading all these stories and looking at all the talent, and it was so cool. Now, did so, you get to read all of them? Did you get to read all of them? I got to read all of them. I, I asked you if you wanted them. I could have sent them to you. Well, that is true. But uh, the question is, did you agree with these choices? No. Really? There you go. The one that I had picked out did not win. I had picked one out, and it didn't win. I was actually surprised, but that's okay. Hey, I'm not a publisher. She knows what will sell and what won't. 
I just I was really taken by one of the stories. I was taken by one by Sanina, the writer, and it was just really cute. There was there was a few of them. Sanina's was good. Um, there was another one. There was a, there were so many of them. Like they were just really good. I was impressed. So cool. we definitely. I want you guys. That's why I'm going to be putting the stories up because, you know, even if the ones that didn't get um, picked to be published doesn't matter. I want you guys reading them because they're really well, good stories. So that's why we're going to put them up on the website. In a way, you're publishing them right now on the web. We are, to a degree. It's not the same, but, you know, close enough. It'll do. <laughs> so anyways, congratulations, of course, goes out to Oleander Plume for taking chance. It is a good story, really cute story. I, I like it because it's cute. So, and obviously Lori liked it. Ta-da. All right, you guys ready? I have some of the wackiest, strangest, Actually, do we have time? Yeah, it's 11.20. I'm going to read something really quickly from Taking Chance, just so that you guys can hear it. I'm just going to take a little tiny bit of it. The young wolf was finely chiseled with washboard abs and covered in a layer of silky body hair. Best of all was his large, thick cock, which was unfortunately quite limp. Vanessa took it behind her lips and began to suck. Chance stood like a statue, occasionally grunting. My oral talents are exemplary. You could at least do me the honor of an erection. He pointed to the leash. This thing is kind of the anti-Viagra, if you know what I mean. Well, this won't do at all. Vanessa stood up, then captured Chance's lips under her as a thrill she had never felt before coursed through her veins, further enhanced by the creature's musky scent. She unhooked the leash and tossed it aside. You're letting me go? Yeah, there's the door. Use it. Perhaps you should dress first. Maybe I'd rather stay. Chance grabbed Vanessa and planted a scorching kiss on her lips. What do you have to say about that? I say game on, wolf. Chance tossed Vanessa over his shoulder and carried her off to the bedroom. So what you're hearing is a story about werewolves and vampires. It's so cool. So there you go. You guys are going to have to pick up Oleander's story. So I'm obviously taking Chance. The guy's name in the story is Chance. Are you ready, Joe? I am ready. Are you ready for these? Because you actually are. You guys are going to piss yourself. So seriously, grab a hold of some booze, knock it back, whatever, whatever your substance of choice, because these are hilarious. I am about to read to you, not only doms, but phone sex operators as well. I'm not, you know, I was going right across the gamut because I wanted to hear what everybody had to say um, with their strangest requests by clients, they could be for cam sessions, real sessions, real-time sessions, whatever. Just bizarre client stuff that they've asked for. Okay, our first one is Toxic Goddess. Now, understand, the other thing is, ladies, all of you who sent me these, I should actually quickly say this, all of you who sent me these, these are all going onto the website. They're actually already there. 
Um, if you go to the website, you'll see a category that says Fun Stuff. Go look there. They are all there. And I have linked to each one of these ladies' personal websites so that if you read it and you want to go and talk to them, definitely go and meet up. If there wasn't a website that I could find, then I linked to either their phone sex account or their wish list or whatever I could find on them just so that they could get some promotion. So just so you know, you didn't waste your time sending these in. Um, first one, Toxic Goddess. Are you ready for this? You're going to love this. He wanted to put his head, yes, the one on his shoulders, into my vagina because he wanted to be born again. Hmm. I'm thinking that would be a little bit of a tough thing to do, you know? Like, ew. Let's see. Now we have Goddess Gia Picado said, it was around Christmas last year when I had a slave tell me he had a weird fetish. After having him serve me a few times, I told him to present his weird request. During our next session, he brought a full dentistry kit, including syringes with Novocaine, and requested that I pull out all of his teeth. Wow. <laughs> so these are like, some of them are extreme, and you're kind of going, are you fucking like, You just kind of sit there and go, okay. Um, Ms. Sydney, did she, did the she do it? Request I, what's that? Did she do it? I don't know. She didn't say. I have no idea. I have no idea. It would be really cool if Gia could tell us well, whether she did or not. I highly like, doubt it because it's very difficult to do. But Well, that's kind of like the amputation fetish. It's very similar. There's, it, it's fascinating. That's why I love reading these because to me I find it fascinating all the different – not just fetishes, but just the different kinks that people have and different things that they enjoy. I just I find it interesting. So where did we leave off? Miss Sydney? We did. Uh, Miss Sydney said, The oddest request I've ever had that made me laugh and smack my head at the same time was from a male that wanted to fly me to New York on New Year's so that I could walk him like a naked puppy in one of those carts for disabled dogs with a, ca- with a cone on his neck and a butt plug tail in, all of this to be done in Times Square, and the kicker was he wanted me to ask passers-by to scratch his balls for him due to the cone. Huh. Woof. Well, that is one way to rain in the new year. You have to understand, too, yes, some of these guys are pushing limits because they're trying to get a reaction from you, but understand, okay, most of these are dead real. Like, you have to understand the people behind these are actually asking for this. So, there you go. Mistress Allie said, I have a 35-year-old cuckold chastity fetish. Or cuckold chastity, oh my God. Cuckold chastity fetish caller whose wife has a black bull lover. The bull has knocked up the wife, okay, so she's pregnant, and now he owns her. Um, He decided that he wanted her to have all of her teeth removed and wear dentures so that she would remain his possession. She supposedly had this done. And the caller, so this is the, the woman's husband, gets off on the fact that she brought him all of her pulled teeth and seeing her toothless and the extreme she would go to for a lover. So he really likes the idea that she went to this extreme. So in other words, 
he's getting off on the submission of his wife submitting to the bull by pulling out all of her teeth. And, yeah, so that's one of them. And then she has another one. <sighs> Financial domination, verbal, ethnic humiliation caller. He likes to pretend he is an Arab, so he's not really an Arab. <sighs> Wants to be called my dirty sand, and we will use the N-word. He wants me to tell him how he has to worship his superior American goddess. Um, He has to donate to the church, so it's against his Muslim religion. He has to pay for her gas every week because it is his fault that the gas prices are so high, as well as send tributes each week. Um, She makes him recite the Pledge of Allegiance as he fills out his tributes, and he has to wear red, white, and blue cocksock as she as he tells her what a worthless Arab piggy is. As he pushes the send button, he is to say, God bless America, as he denounces the teachings of his Muslim religion. <laughs> and that's actually another common one, is, is these guys that get into the extreme religious humiliation and degradation stuff. Okay. Um, this is from Madame Sosset, or Madame Sosset, however you want to say it. And she is our lovely sock puppet, Dom. I was asked to do a session by a man who was highly attracted to me. And I understand this is serious, okay? Like, she really is a Dom. She really is a sock puppet, okay? He said that he loved my words on my webpage and found me very mesmerizing. He wanted to be trained with a clicker, the subject I'm currently researching. Now, those of you who don't know what a clicker is, you can train your dog with those little clicky noises, you can get them to do stuff by clicking the clicker. So that's what she's. This is what this guy wants. Um, he wanted. He loved the idea. Was turned on by the idea of being treated and trained like a dog. Now, none of that's weird at all, which is true. It's pretty common. But she said, "But I'm a sock puppet." He wanted to meet me in person. I did consider mailing myself to him, but I couldn't find a first-class post pack, and the return trip seemed like it may never happen. And yes, he did tribute me, and is going to again. He just said, I do love these people. goes to show that any sock puppet can be a dom. But it takes a special kind of dom to be a sock puppet. Sock puppet. There you go. Sock puppet. My God, I've got dyslexia today. Or something equally insightful. So there you go. Guy wanted to meet up with a sock puppet. Just saying. Carla, darling said, I was camming once with one of my losers, making him wear a paper napkin on his head while singing, ding, fries are done, ding, fries are done, and raping his wallet. He was completely stark naked when all of a sudden his toddler nephew came barreling into the room. And the funny part was this guy was jumping around trying to hide his tiny little junk. She said it was her favorite. She said she's never laughed so hard in her life. Lazy Diamond. I was not cute. Yeah, you're getting like, why would you even attempt to do a call with your nephew in the house? Like, it just, (laughs) these guys crack me up. Lazy Diamond said, I ended up doing a very lengthy show with a new client who said he liked to be watched. I was pretty freaked out because he refused to tell me what I was meant to be watching, but I agreed because payment had already been sent. 
So I get on camera with him, and he's a fairly normal-looking guy, and all was pretty normal until he climbed up on his chair unannounced, turned around, showed me his ass, then shit in his hand. No. At this time, at this point, I wanted to burst out screaming, flailing my hands in the air, but I couldn't because whatever he was doing, he liked it. So I had to try and respect that. Then he turned around, showed me this turd in his hand, and said, you want to see me eat it? I was thinking, no way, but still feeling, but still feel dirty for seeing it. <laughs> oh, my God. So he said um, he totally ate it, unfazed, like it was normal, then happily proceeded with rubbing his cock. <laughs> Again, scat fetish. There you go. We had an anonymous young lady send in, I'm pretty toned down adult worker. She's a PSO. Um, so for me, a guy paying me to watch him drink his urine with a raging erection was really freaky. I know all the other ladies have seen freaky on a much grander scale, but for me personally, that took the I've seen it all cake. Yeah, unfortunately for those regular PSOs, we do, doms do tend to get the weirder sort of request. Miss Apple Angel said he wanted to fuck his ass with a hot dog covered in ketchup and mustard. You see, you, you you, I'm sorry, you, you just don't put ketchup on a hot dog right there. <laughs> now, I, 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 I respect the hot dog and the ass fetish, but ketchup, no. Sorry. And you know, I don't think I would take this guy with me to a ball game. Just saying. Hot dog vendor could get ugly. Could get ugly. Could get really ugly. Um, Princess Di. Uh, he always wants me to be his Aunt Pat, smoke a cigarette, blow the smoke in his face while he wears his wife's dirty thong with his chastity belt on and a banana as a butt plug, dancing to Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She said he's such a great sissy boy. Gotta love professional successful subs who are lawyers. Ladies and gentlemen, that man who is dancing around, oops, I did it again, is actually probably defending you in court with a banana in his ass. Oh, Lord. Um, Our lovely Alexia. I say Alexia. Alexa. That's my fault. Anyways, snobby Alexa wrote in and said, I have a client in Canada who likes CBT. He's been MIA for a while, so he came up with his own punishment. On one of our camp sessions, he said he wanted to use Tabasco hot sauce as a lube. And but he wa- <laughs> Then he wanted to put some on a sound. For those of you who don't know what a sound device is, it's a long metal, it's the easiest way to say it, just like a long metal sort of stick. Very, it's, They're relatively thin. I'm not going to get in to the actual design of them. But it's a long metal rod that gets inserted into the penis, into the urethra. And it causes an enormous amount of pleasure when you do things to the sounds device itself. In other words, you can put a vibrator against it and things like that. Anyway, so he's thinking he's going to put the Tabasco on the sounds and put that in. He never used it as lube. That's got to be a little uh, shocking right there. Because, uh, yeah, the Tabasco sauce going into the urethra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he was He was shocked. But was he adequately punished? 
What's that? Was he adequately punished? I think he was. I mean, she said you had to see the look on his face to, you know, pretty much says it all. I think that was a good punishment. Braddy Bunny said one that sticks out the most at the moment is when a guy on cam put a bedpost on his dick. So the whole bed was on his dick. Lifted Ouch. up the bedpost. Lifted up the corner of the bed. Pulls it up. Puts his dick under it. Lays the freaking thing back down. It's kind of extreme. That's, a, that's extreme CBT. So, some of you guys really hate your dicks. I don't... <laughs> I mean, God, you guys are so mean to yourselves. Princess Brandis said, I think this was almost a year ago. I got a message from a guy on Skype requesting that I, call, that I call his Skype account all day. This is hilarious. All day from the time he woke up till the time he went to bed. He wanted me to call constantly, back to back, over and over and over, without him ever answering. That's right. Just call him over and over and over without breaks, and he would ignore all the calls. Then finally, that night, while he's trying to sleep and I'm still calling, he would frantically answer the phone begging me to stop calling because he needed to sleep. He then wanted me to tell him no and hang up and continue to call over and over and over. Then he said he would pay me after all this was done. Normally I would consider this guy a troll. However, he was dead serious and begged me for hours for this. So she, I don't think she did it. But, because, I mean, hello, I would, that's a lot, phoning all day long, that's a huge request. Well, can't you put, but, like, I mean, seriously, Skype, what is that? Can't you put, like, Skype on auto dial? I have no idea, but the points, like, like I don't, like, that is bizarre. Like, how is that getting you off? Um... <laughs> I'm guessing that he uh, wanted to be, like, chased. Like, perhaps he was, like, really wanting some sort of girl and calling her over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, could be, yeah. Make himself feel like he's wanted. Something like that. Oh, so cool. Mistress Tia received an email asking for a session which included humiliation, sissification, and so on. Standard stuff, really. So after about four emails back and forth, I agreed to meet the guy. The day of the coffee meet, I emailed to verify our meeting time, only to have him tear a strip off me with a holier-than-thou email, citing Bible quotes about me going to hell for what I was doing to random men in my solicitations. Come to find out he had a dual personality, and Dr. Jekyll didn't agree with Mr. Hyde's indiscretions. He says, now I ask potential clients about their medical conditions up front prior to meeting with them, including any mental disorders they may have been diagnosed with. But would they be truthful in that? Of course not. That's so the problem. The, well, it's, it's like, it's like trying to talk to a psychopath. You, you can't have a, you know, rational one-on-one conversation. It's not going to happen. But I understand, but, like, would the psychopath say, yeah, I'd like a psychotic person. If well, a psychotic person is just going to keep it going and have fun with it. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, this is, yeah, okay. But I've, I have actually seen that happen with people where they are so ashamed of their own behavior that they will create these other personalities that will come out and chastise that one. So, yeah. 
What else? It's like I a got? Saturday night. Oh, totally. Received an email asking for a. Oh, I did that one. I oh, this is Miss Jasmine. I had a guy call that wanted me to play the organ, but his penis would be the pedal of the organ. He even went so far as to give the model and brand of organ. He wanted me to describe the music and pressing on the penis pedal. That's a different one. How would she actually step on his penis pedal? It would be really difficult for a guy to get his penis in there, I would think. I'm thinking, yeah. Miss Whitney Morgan, host of Taboo Fetish Talk right here on BTR, wrote in and said, all right, let's start with some custom clip requests because that's why I'm up at 4 a.m. checking emails. Um, She said, I'll keep them short and sweet because they're not particularly open about divulging their psyche behind them. Sometimes I think they're a joke that gets passed around board office mules seeing what us silly internet girls will do for money. So number one, to fuck myself with a corn dog while squirting mustard and ketchup all over my body. There's a lot of hot dog people out there either wanting to be fucked or watch someone get fucked with hot dogs. Poor hot dog. Um, a multi-girl triple X scene where I was requested to wear a latex maid uniform and have pies smashed in my face while the girls took turns banging me with a large strap on in the ass. She goes, no, I didn't shoot either of these. I want to know what the pie thing is. It is. I've seen it. It, it. it is an actual thing. There's another one in here about another guy that enjoyed something similar to that. Um, actually, it's, it's, it's part of this one. Um, 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 number three, to pile on my BBW model friends onto one of those quarter mechanical kitty rides, you know, like the pony rides at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until it smokes, grinds gears, and breaks. Ah, oh, but that'll be like a lot of disappointed kids. <laughs> exactly. But understand, these people are getting, you know, they're, they're uh, jerking off to this. So I'm just saying. I, I, I understand. <laughs> but, but I don't get it. At some point in time, you know, a child will be very upset that their favorite pony ride has now been destroyed. By a bunch of, you know, beautiful, large women who got paid to do this. It's so weird. Um, Anyway, so she said, now an actual session with a client. Another Florida-based dom and myself went in for what we were informed by the client was going to be a CBT session. Upon walking in the room, he had changed his mind in fear of the pain. We respected his wishes and what he'd prefer instead. No lie, he wanted to be mummified in plastic wrap from neck to toes, while standing and having us throw jelly-filled donuts at his face until he fell over. Once on the floor, he requested that we smash the donuts with our bare feet, forcing him to clean the sticky mess off of them with his tongue. I have seen that at a party, actually. Well, it's splashing. Yes. Only I saw it with pie, not donuts. (laughs) Pie is in and of itself its own thing. Like, this guy was donuts, so this is more sploshy, but pie is its own fetish. Oh, I agree. So it's just, (laughs) oh, my God, the things these poor women have to deal with. Baroness V, who is in Toronto, by the way, my strangest stories are too odd to put into words. (laughs) 
But she said, I do have a funny experience to tell. A few years back, I had a slave in heavy bondage when he suddenly experienced some leg cramping. I quickly disconnected his leg from the cross and massaged the cramp out of his calf. He's a professional soccer player as a career and had suffered from constant leg muscle cramping. After I got the cramp out, he said I relieved it better than any masseuse had ever been able to. So now a year later, not only does he book regularly for BDSM sessions, but he left his old (laughs) massage therapist and often books me for leg massage appointments at least three times a month. She said, I guess all the past decades of training submissives to give me great feet and leg massages definitely paid off for this soccer-playing client. She said, even his teammates have commented that he is playing better and complaining less about his leg pain. He calls me his secret weapon. So now not only do I inflict physical pain, I also take it away. That was kind of cute. That is. And then we have Ebony Money Mistress. I had one client who wanted me to read aloud fairy tales. In particular, had to be Hansel and Gretel, paying attention to the description of her white lacy socks and panties while he masturbated on the toilet while having a poo. Okay. <laughs> waiting and for the, the odd part here. Least, waiting for the this odd is part. Brilliant. What's that? I said I'm waiting for the odd part on that one. I, I just, it's like. Okay, whatever. Um, well, what? Masturbating while having a poo? Is that normal for you? Do you do that all the time? I'm Masturbate and have pool at the same time? <laughs> well, maybe not at the same time. Well, but, I'm just know, saying, you're kind of done with one. I'm like, you're kind of done with one. You've got a couple more minutes left on break. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our, our absolutely the best, the one that was sent in that I just, I love this. Mistress Onyx sent this in. One of the first scenes I had sparked my interest in kinky BDSM and fetish. I met the Woolman. Woolman had a full apartment playhouse. Woolman obviously has money. Everything in his kinky playhouse was made of wool. Big piles of wool sat in the middle of the floor. He had outfits fully made of wool. I put on a wool bra wool panties, and jumped in the piles of wool. She said, I had a lot of fun with Wool Man. He put on wool underwear and chased me around the playhouse. No furniture, but mirrors and tons of wool. Wouldn't that be itchy? If it was, like, wool wool, I would think that it would be, but... Well, this is wool she was talking about. I'm assuming. So, yeah, it would be kind of itchy, I guess. And then did she, like, have to scratch him afterwards? Oh, I love it. Did she have to scratch him? She didn't say. Oh, you people are just so incredibly cool because you all have amazing, amazing ideas. You know, it has come to me, after listening to all of these ideas, that I'm just, you know, obviously not making uh, best use of my Saturday nights. You're not, because, you know, you're being way too vanilla, obviously. You're not stretching. You're not, you know, you should be out there coming up with, okay, maybe not wool. What else could we pick? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, really, your fetishes are kind of boring. Apparently. (laughs) And I need to, um, you know, come up with some sort of something else. Maybe llama hair. 
Llama hair, that's cool. Think of the things you could do with llama hair. It's kind of like wool. It is. I like it. All right, finally, for the rest of of the show, I am going to read you a story. It was sent in by our very own Sir Beast. And this is a true story. And it's a scary story. Are you ready? Ready. True story. This really happened to him. It all started on a nice summer night in Germany. I was walking back to my base after a day of playing cards with some friends at their base. Usually when I walk home alone on the walking paths, I tended to be more alert to my surroundings, but tonight I seemed even more so, as if my body knew something was going to happen tonight. On the more deserted part of the walking path, I almost literally ran right into a very beautiful woman in an old-fashioned peasant outfit. She simply smiled at me and beckoned me to follow her around a group of old trees. Once we were completely behind the trees and out of sight of the walking path, she grabbed for the belt of my pants and started undoing them. I knew some German women were very forward, but damn, I didn't even know this woman's name. The minute she had my pants undone, she grabbed out my penis and began to suck on it. Now, not having even been sexual up to this point in my life, this was a bit of a shock, you think? She had yet to utter a single word. And here she was, giving me a blowjob without a condom, not that I carried any anyway, not expecting to have random sex with strangers. As she was blowing me, she pulled down the top of her dress, exposing her very large breasts, and with her free hand, grabbed one of mine and put it on one of her breasts. I immediately began to fondle her breast, kneading it, pulling on the nipple. My other hand went to the other breast and started doing the same thing to that one. I could tell what I was doing was getting the woman excited as she was working harder on me, getting closer and closer to an orgasm. After just a couple of minutes, I exploded and had to slide down to the ground. (laughs) I felt so drained after that. But she wanted more. My body reacted to her roaming hands, and I was very erect very quickly. She stripped off her dress, and I found that she was completely naked under the dress. She slid my cock into her very wet pussy and rode me for dear life, pounding me into the ground with all her bouncing up and down on my cock. My hands went back to playing with her breasts, and this time I bent just enough to start alternating on sucking the nipples. Considering what I was doing was a major risk, this was 1989 after all, with the outbreak of AIDS had not just started, but it was still a major factor in any intimate contact. But what the hell? Did I care at that moment? I was a virgin, and some woman was fucking me like I was the best damn thing running. (laughs) Oh, swear to God, Bill, you're hilarious. She was getting a damn good rhythm going, and I was sucking on her nipples, giving them tender little bites. Hell, I was just hoping I wasn't fucking this up. When she stopped, and her pussy clamped down on on my cock as hard as all get out, and it felt like she just blew her load in a major way, and in so doing, got me to come again. I felt like I was being turned inside out and back again with this orgasm. Damn, this woman was so fucking hot. But then, this was my first time, so I had nothing to compare it to, but I knew I wanted this woman's name and phone number. After a bit, she got up, and I laid down fully on the ground. She puts her pussy right into my face. I start licking and sucking, praying I'm doing a decent job when I feel her lips wrap around my cock again. Hot damn round three. 
I'm having sex like I only I've only seen when I used to sneak looks at porn videos that my mother used <clears throat> to bring home what? To bring home from work to check for underaged actors. Yes, my mother worked as an oh an adult bookstore. Cool. Way to go, mom. Now, back to the woman's pussy. I was trying to go for broke and I think I was getting there, but the woman never king to moan but she was sure gyrating her pussy down into my mouth. I felt the pressure to come again, but I was trying as hard as possible not to come until I got her off, but I couldn't hold on for too long, and I started to come. So did she. She was swallowing everything. I was gushing out, and I was trying to keep up with her flowing juices. I felt like I was drowning in pussy juices and might have well been for all I knew. I had to relax, but no, she wanted more. Damn, this woman was going to kill me with so much sex for my first time. She once again worked her magic, and I was even harder for round four, but this time she turned around and started pushing my cock into her ass. Holy fuck, if I died... (laughs) No, I swear to God. Holy fuck, if I died because of tonight, I was going to die a very happy man. What a way to go. Fuck to death by a strange woman who wanted every hole used in rapid succession. She was very tight, and I was worried I was hurting her, but she kept pushing back into my cock like she was dying for it. Once she had me in her as far as she could go, she started going up and down faster. And this woman was possessed. I tell you, I've never been with a woman like this since and possibly never will. She was going faster and faster, harder and harder. If I had not come three times already, I more than likely would have lasted a couple more times, but as it was, I didn't know if I could survive if I came again. But after a short while, I not only came, just as she did, I passed out. When I came to, I was laying behind the old trees. My pants were back up and secured, and I felt and found I was as if I hadn't just had sex at all. The woman was nowhere around. I headed back to the base quickly, and the next day after my duty shift was over, I went into town, went to the local historical building to get some answers. Finding the woman should be as easy because the town kept very good records of who was living there. I found her, of course, in a painting behind a man with two other women. The man could have been my twin. I asked about the painting and found out that the man was a well-respected land baron who had used his wealth back in the 1700s to keep the town safe. The women were his maids, whom he trusted more than anyone else. Looking at the picture again, I noticed a ring on the man's hand and asked about it. I found out it was his signet ring, and supposedly part of a key to finding the man's treasure that he hid. Thing is, I have that ring now. It was the only thing I found when I woke up that night. And will I go back and search out that treasure? No, because I found out that night that I was royally fucked by a very lovely and loyal ghost maid. It didn't happen. It did, but it didn't. He got fucked by an entity that wasn't alive. How freaking cool is that? You rarely that's a true hear story. About the, you rarely hear about the succubus accountant. You really do. You really do. It's just it's so cool, and the fact that this is like happening like that was a real story that really happened to him wow so cool i'm still kind of saying i would go after the treasure you'd go after the treasure why Uh, because i'm greedy (laughs) because you're greedy 
Oh, come on. Maybe she was the treasure. Nope. Only Bill knows for sure now. Dun, dun, dun. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I thank everybody who's in the chat room. Our beautiful Madam Devilish, the lovely Mistress Magic, of course, Madame Sosad. And, of course, our beast, who just went through all that. I can't believe that. His first sexual encounter was with a ghost. That is just so trippy to me. And Snobby Alexa, who was our first runner-up in the writing contest. Yay! Go, Alexa! So thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we are going to be back on... When are we back? November the, what, 12th? Uh, I do believe it's November the 12th, yes. We are back. November, November the 12th. 12th. I haven't decided what we're doing yet. I haven't decided yet. But I'm trying to bring you guys, I've got requests for shows on sex and disability, which I am working with an author trying to get her booked into the show because that's what she wrote a book on. So it's one of those deals where I'm trying to get you guys as much stuff as I can. So we'll see what comes up. We also have a Christmas show coming up. And what we're going to be discussing is ways to cope with the holidays. We're going to do that in December. I believe it's the 7th. So there's lots of really, really cool things coming up. I want you guys to go to the website, inbedwithdrsue.com, and definitely look up all the Dom stories because they're hilarious. I did not read you all of them. I only read you some of them. There's still more there. I want you to go over and have a look at... I'm going to be putting up the... um, Obviously, all the stories, they're going to be doing that tomorrow. Everything's going to be put up. I will see if I can find out more about what Lori wants to do. But she has all the information for those three people. So hopefully she'll be in touch with you guys. So congratulations to anybody who gets published, especially Oleander Plume. And yay, we're done. We're done, Joey. Yay. Right on. Halloween is almost over. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's not even started yet. I know. You know what? Alive. It's alive. It's alive. I love those. They're just so much fun. So you guys have a really good Halloween coming up on Thursday, and try not to get into too much trouble. And if you do, uh, call in and tell us about it because we want to know about it. I want to get into trouble on Friday. What are you going to do on Friday? I'm thinking about this uh, Lucky 13 uh, saloon thing. Are you going to go over and see? Yeah, you should. Go over there. At the house. Uh, you know. It's right there. It's in your backyard, basically. Sort of. Kind exactly. Of. I mean, it has Take to advantage. How can, this is why. I need to do something better on my Friday nights because obviously, you know. Well, and so this n- is just perfect. Happens. It's this weekend and everything. I know. Perfect. You're going to go and you're going to tell us about it. Da, 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 da. Well, in two weeks. Okay. So, have a peachy evening, everybody. You guys all be nice to each other. If you can't be nice, then get paid for being mean. Be happy, you guys. And good night, British Chippy. <laughs> they can't hear that, but it's so annoying. <laughs> The British Chippy. Good night, British Chippy. 
Good night, Joe. Good night, Dr. Sue.